welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Shh, medium Mike's back. How y'all doing? Brother Bob's back. How's it going? Carl's favorite, Tisha, is back. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> the professor himself, Carl. Classes in session. I was like, <laughs> like you, you, you stopped weird. <laughs> something else. <laughs> yeah. Silent Ron is present. Hello. That's right. Straight to the point. Will you read our Bible verse for us? Sure thing. Reading from the New Americans. Wait. (laughs) Maybe not. I got the wrong version out and we ain't reading from that one. (laughs) Reading from the New American Standard Bible and this is Romans chapter 12 verses 9 and 10. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. And our topic this week is love during our trials. So what does that exactly mean, Mike? Mm. Since it was important enough to text me during the sermon. (laughs) It's... It was because of the fact that it's something that kept hitting up like yeah. all week. Like I'm doing a, a, a devotional, Act Like Men. And so I think we've been over that as far as what does it mean? What is it? Well, it, you know, obviously it changes a lot because unfortunately t- in today's some don't even know what that means. But one of the things that it's always, that it's been impressing on me the last four days that I've been doing this and various, um, uh, scripture is doing things in love so like today's was first corinthians 16 13 and 14 be on your guard stand firm in the faith be courageous be strong do everything in love you know and it's talking about dealing with fellow believers and non-believers because of course obviously we don't want to be the judgmental ones of people who don't have the same faith that we have. We don't want to be the ones that are judging people for things that we shouldn't be judging for as far as the, you know, talking about the speck in someone's eye with the plank in ours and everything. And it's something that has, again, just constantly all week and probably longer for a week been hitting me hard is, Am I doing this? Am I doing this in my everyday life? Am I doing it with the people that I love? Am I doing it with um, the the grace that God showed me? And am I not? And and I think in a lot of ways, I think I've been feeling quite a bit lately that I'm not. And so I trying to obviously still being stubborn and trying to divert myself on it instead of reaching out, instead of openly talking about it, because it's, for me, in my proudness, um, is something that I felt like I've always gotten right. Mm -hmm. I feel like I love very freely. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm doing it correctly, and for the right reasons. So am I doing it just because I'm supposed to be, or am I doing it because I want the... Um, Ron's talked about it before, you know, like the, because I want it back. Mm -hmm. Because I know it's something I was lacking for most of my life. 
So is that why I'm doing it? Is it just because I want to see it reciprocated? Or am I doing it solely because of the fact that this is something that God put in me to show out? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's something I've been struggling with. And um, again, when you, you know, when you see it so many times, it hits you so many ways. And then in, in various things, even we put out during the week and our messages and stuff like that, I think it, it was definitely something that uh, that I needed to say. And whether it was taken or not and used or not, you know, it just something I, that again, struggling with to where it was, it's one of those, for me, it's one of those, the furthest thing probably I thought I would ever be struggling with. Yeah. But it's been affecting my entire life. And I didn't even realize it. Carl, you had the idea about this thing also, this topic as well. Mm-hmm. Just the other end of it, yeah. Yeah. I think first I want to I want to mention too because it's something that's been on me a lot. Like you mentioned, Mike, why are we loving? Are we loving to get something back? And I think one of my favorite accounts that highlights that in a physical way. And it's actually something we're going to dig into or unpack a little bit more in digging deeper. No, I don't repeat the word digging. <laughs> it sounded weird. Is Joshua <laughs> chapter 22. And, well, actually, leading up to Joshua chapter 22, so probably chapter 21. And it's when the people are finally at the end of the 40 years of wandering and consequence for not loving the Most High the right way. And they're finally crossing over the Jordan to recapture Canaan. And three of the tribes, so the half-tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Gad, and the tribe of Reuben, already had their land inheritance on the eastern side. So they had nothing to gain by crossing over with their brethren to recapture Canaan. They already had the promise given to them. But that was part of the deal, was that they had to stand side by side with their brothers and sisters to fight their battle with them to get their land inheritance. And I really think that's the goal for us. We, you know, and I think you do it very well. Like, the way you seem to see yourself is completely different than the way I see you. Because if there's one person that I would put at the top of the list of individuals that fight that spiritual battle with us, even when you have nothing to gain personally, it's you. You're definitely one of the ones I would put at the top of that list. And that's, that's the high point of love. When it comes to loving each other, you know, loving God's different. But when it comes to loving each other, the high point is standing side by side with one another when we have nothing to gain from it personally. And I just think you need to be encouraged in that, that, that you do exhibit that very well. I I'm not it. saying you don't have anything. We all have things that we can improve. Right, right. I'm not trying to to, to undo. If, if the Spirit's laying something on you, I'm not trying to disagree with him in, him in that. Right. right, but don't let the enemy cause you to to spiral and just seeing nothing but bad, nothing but negativity, because it's just not it's not a true perspective. Don't give it the enemy a seat at the table. Yeah. Yep. He's you know even the encourager <laughs> needs encouraged. <something. laughs> well, I do. I appreciate it, and obviously prayers are welcome, and um. Uh, I think I, I know for me, and I don't know about anybody else, but I think that when it's something you feel like, I won't say that you've you've surpassed or anything like that, but just something that's always come so naturally, kind of gets questioned in your own 
mind maybe or or heart that then it hits a little deeper and it's a little harder and i think it changes too right with all of us going through those trials like love might not even be the thing that you're looking for to either get or give yeah depending on how severe that trial is for you And then, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you get out of that valley with him. Then you can always look back and be like, yeah, I'm glad this came out of that. Or maybe not even glad. Maybe that's even the wrong word. I understand why this happened. Or maybe you get out of the valley and you still don't know why. It's just more acceptable or, for lack of word, normal to go back to everyday things. Comfortable. Comfortable, maybe. Mm -hmm. Because depending on the circumstance of the trial, normal might not ever be normal again. It just might be a new normal, I guess, since that's the hot phrase the last couple of years is the new normal. That's the, but, you know, and togetherness, togetherness with love, and sometimes forcing love, forcing the recipient to see that love. Not like physically forcing. Let me clarify. But well, occasionally. Correct. <laughs> you know, like if I'm in the midst of whatever trial I'm going at, I don't want Mike to come up and hug me and tell me that he loves me until I actually get it. Like he's going to, but at that moment, I might not want him to. Well, and sometimes. I'm with Carl. Sometimes love looks like just standing with someone. Mm-hmm. So um, when I support a friend through loss, I sit with them. There's nothing I can say. There's not a thing I can say. What I offer is that I'm going to be present with you. I'm going to check on you. And when you're ready to laugh, I'm going to laugh with you. And if you need to cry, I'm going to cry with you. And... I think that's what it's about when people are going through hard things, when when relationships are hard and um, marriages are struggling. Most times you just want to know a brother or sister in Christ is present with you and that they're going to offer you, they're going to remind you how much God loves you, but they're also just going to be present with their actions. They're going to stand side by side with you. Um, so it's not always a hug and an I love you. I love. I want to start, Mike, um, by saying that I love your evaluation of. I love that you're getting far enough in your walk that you're evaluating your motives. Um, I like Carl. Don't agree. I think your motives are very pure, um, and I think I know you pretty well. But, very true. but I love that you're searching your heart because I think you have been trying to search your heart. 
for the things that you need to work on. And it's funny because sometimes it's really something else we, we need to work on. I'm not saying that's the case for you, but we start there and God kind of leads us to, okay, I know you're starting here. And I'll use my example of, um, I wanted to exhibit gentleness. That's all I was focused on in 2022. I just want to exemplify exemplify gentleness um, which is kind of the opposite of what I am right now (laughs) (laughs) and um, I'm like God just do this because I work with women and I feel like I should just be this beautiful gentle soul and and it would be godly and you know I just I had an envision how this was going to be and uh, gentleness was not what I worked on pride was what I worked on and pride was where my problem was and I didn't even I think I knew small things but I don't think I considered myself a proud person I don't care about the car I drive I don't care if my house is the fanciest or not the fanciest I'm still going to bring you in I'm going to feed you I've had multiple people live with me for free just all the things I feel like I'm I, I feel I didn't feel like pride was an issue until God showed it to me and how how it affects me in my life. And so pride was what I worked on in 2022. <laughs> Might still work on it some in 2023. But uh, <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing when God shows us. I, I want to talk about um, in the trials and, and in love. So I talked about standing by my sisters and brothers in Christ. But what I've really, really learned in 2023, and it's funny that Mike mentioned that because we have not spoke about it. But... Um, I went back through some Bible studies that I've done, like going through the Bible, not like an actual Bible study. And um, in one of them, in my actual Bible study in a year that I'm in with other people, I made the comment, I went back several days because I felt like I needed to hit it again. And, and I said, I, in 2023, I'm going to focus on my sin and I'm going to offer grace for everyone else's sin. And I don't think, I don't think it came from a judgmental place because I don't think I'm that woman who goes, she shouldn't be wearing those pants. I'm just not that woman. I, I don't notice a gap in someone's teeth. I don't notice when something's wrong with their face. I just, that's just not who I am. But um, I, and I think a long time ago I worked on there is no sin scale. But I also know that there are times when I see things at the hospital. I will see. Um, a child or an adolescent that has been hurt by someone physically, uh, either sexually or whatnot. And it's very hard for me as a Christian female, as a mom, to to not have some feelings about about that. But really, God doesn't God doesn't call me to have feelings about that. God, God calls me to be the light in that moment. And so I'm just going to try to focus. I'm going to try to focus on in trials what love really is is Jesus. And if we're leaning in on Christ, then I don't think we're going to get it wrong. I think that I've been working with my Bible study on let's praise Him in all the moments because I feel like we as a nation and as a small community and as women sometimes don't do that enough. We work, 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 and we work for the next thing. Okay, when, when I have this project done, I want us to move on to the next project or whatever. And I'm also going to raise my children, but now that we've gotten over that hurdle, I want to do the next hurdle. And we just get so focused on getting things done that sometimes we don't just go, 
man, to God be the glory for this day. To God be the glory that Mike and I have a son that is going to graduate. It's to God's glory. And so when we celebrate his graduation, it won't be his accomplishments I'm celebrating. It will be what God has done in his life. And so, and even if he doesn't do all the things when he goes to college that I want, because it seems like maybe he won't, (laughs) um, it'll still be to God the glory. You know, in, in the trials that that I'm experiencing. I, I prayed the other night because he gave us some news that I wasn't super pleased with. Um, he's not directing his life in a way that I, I thought um, fit and also that I just thought would happen. And so he kind of gave us a little truth bomb or um, a little bit of knowledge the other night. And I remember thinking, God, I can't handle this. I am not prepared to handle like this child veering off in a way that I wasn't expecting. And um, I, I just prayed and prayed. And I have a watch that tells me how my sleep is. It's the only time I've ever had 100% on my sleep. I slept like a baby because I gave it to God. And I'm, I'm still learning how to do that. I'm, I'm really far too old to be saying that. <laughs> um, but I'm still learning how to give it to God in a way that I can sleep like a baby when I'm scared for my baby. And that's love. Yeah. That is that is intimacy and love in, in my book. Take Bob? It away, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> you you thought it was hard following the professor. I'm gonna let her out. Here we go. Okay. You wanna know how it is to to find love or to love during your trials? Well, the last Six weeks I've failed that. Um, I found some stuff out that I've had to change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I've had to take some medicines to get that lifestyle changed. But the medicines that I've been taking has messed with my hormones so bad that my mean spirit was starting to come back out. The old me was coming back. And I've put the one I love the most through the hardest time in the last six weeks. That... uh, I was just mean. I mean, there's nothing else. And, you know, and and I I would pray to God, but yet that mean spirit would just produce itself more and would just keep coming out and coming out. And to where I just almost quit doing the medicine. I'm like, you know, I, I can't do this. I cannot be that same old guy. I cannot be that mean spirited guy and hurt the one that I truly love because we all know that the ones you love is the ones you take it out on most of the time absolutely and just this past just this past week I found that love back through the trials and 
you know, God told me, he says, you know, you need to make a concrete decision that you are not going to be that guy again. And that's what I've done. And it's been back to where it was. The mean spirit's gone, you know. Uh, like Tish, I, I, I give it to God because I was trying to do this all on my own. You know, self was coming out. Self wanted to be able to, to fix my problem. But I can't fix my problem. It took me years to get there. And it's going to take me years to get back to healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it took that time to get there. It's going to take time to get back. Unless God decides that he wants me to be back there. But I don't think he does. I think I need to walk through this and just allow him to guide me through this. And I wasn't seeing that at first. For one thing, like I said, my hormones was just, my body was changing. And... Everything just felt like it was just crushing down in one shot. And I just, I couldn't handle it. I, I just allowed, like I said, and, and the way I used to handle things is I'd just shut her down and I'd put them walls up and the mean spirit would come out because if you're mean and you harden your heart, you can't get hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I was doing. But in turn, I was hurting the thing I love the most, the most precious thing in my life, I was hurting that. But not no more. I'm done with that. I found that that's, that's how you love through your trials. You allow God to show you that love. You allow Him to put that love back in your heart and put yourself away. And that's what I had to do. So, And that's what I'm going to do from, from here on out. Because for one thing, I cannot hurt that one thing that God has given me and I will not do it ever again I'm done with it so that's mine praise God for that man he didn't have a hard time going after me (laughs) (laughs) he came out guns blazing (laughs) but when you pick that topic I'm like okay God I get what you're saying it's time to confess it so yeah I want to share you asked uh why I had this on my heart, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And because I said it was the other end of it. So you had shared, Mike, about the love part, and I had shared with Ronnie about the purpose and the pressing. And I think it's connected. Mm-hmm. I really think it's connected. Why? What is his purpose in pressing us? And I don't think it's that, that we get through the pressing by loving. It's that he presses us to teach us how to love again, mm-hmm. how to follow him the right way again. There's purpose in that and we when he needs to reveal something in us that needs to change comfort isn't the way to do it amen there are several examples we can look to biblically for that but one of the best i think is probably david king david when he sinned when he sinned with bathsheba and it's really important we, we read that as words on a page and we read it so rapidly that we get through it so quick but we 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 miss the length of time involved in that so when you really unpack the context of that passage, he commits adultery with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. He tries to trick Uriah into having sex with his wife so that Uriah will think that it's his baby that she's about to have. <clears throat> Uriah is too honorable to do that because he wants to be with his, his men. They're at war, and he refuses to go in and be with his wife while his men are sleeping out in the cold. So he stays with his men. So David's solution to this isn't to confess his sin, isn't to repent. It's to murder Uriah. And when we look at this biblically, 
He succeeded in that. He murders Uriah. He takes Bathsheba in, makes her his wife, and they're waiting for the baby to be born. There's a nine-month span there before the Most High sends the prophet Nathan to finally speak conviction into David's sin. Nine months, because the baby's, about, the baby's born and mm-hmm. is going to die. Think about this for a second. David was committed to outward observance of praising and worshiping the Most High. We have a nine-month span. It doesn't matter what time this conception began. There's at least two, one or two holy days, that David's going up to the tabernacle, bringing sacrifices into the presence of the Most High and joyfully praising his name. Oh, thank you, Yah, so much for all the blessings you bestowed upon me. Joyfully praising the Most High with sacrifice and festival while he has the wife of the man he murdered at home in the palace stolen from him, awaiting the birth of the child that he had with her. Joy and comfort can lie to us. Mm-hmm. We can get so comfortable and so joyful that we miss what the Most High is trying to tell us. He doesn't want to remove our blessings from us, but he needs us to see what we're doing wrong. And it took severe consequence for David to finally open his eyes and see this wasn't, this wasn't right. Something needs to change. There had to be a shaking in his life. There had to be discomfort. There had to be pressing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the purpose of it. Sometimes he has to make us feel like we've lost some blessing and get pressed so that we'll acknowledge there's something in our heart that's not clean. And we need to hand it over to him to be purged out again. It's not something that an, a, a, an unloving taskmaster does. It's something that a loving father does. Oh, when yeah. he sees his son or his, his daughter going astray, the most loving thing is not to, not to let them continue going astray. The most loving thing to do is to correct them no matter what it takes to get them back on the right path, and that's the purpose behind it. We have to always keep our eyes focused on that. As much as it hurts and as much as it may continue to hurt, we have to understand that he has good in store for us. There's a purpose in it, and it's a good purpose from a good, good father that just wants to see us on the right path again. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, just like any time that you know, we see our kids and they need a correction— you know, other than, you know, there's a time, obviously, when you can't, but when they're smaller and stuff, every once in a while, they need a little pow-pow on the butt, you know, and that's God. We don't beat our children. We do not beat our children. <clears throat> anymore. I mean, any less. I mean, uh, wait, never mind. <laughs> Disclaimer. No. But, I mean, and we've talked about that numerous times, you know, but that overall correction, he's going to give it to us. And let's let's face it, when we weren't living a godly life, the other things that we were doing that was filling that holes were things that were making us feel good. Temporarily. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, all of those things, all of the, the addictions, the, you know, whether, whatever your, your cup of tea was at that point in time, it was temporarily making you feel good. That's not what he, you know, we've talked about it. It's not going to be all roses and, and great things, and you're not always going to feel really great because he, you're, you're trying to live a life like Christ. That's not easy. I mean, it, we fail him daily, hourly, secondly, you know. I mean, it, whether, you know, and he always goes back to it, in thought, word, or deed, you know, and it's just you think about that and you're like, yeah, and I thought I was okay this last hour. Yeah. No, uh, no, something. There's always something, and you know. But we still strive. We still make that. You know, he makes that correction, and we hopefully turn back to him. And yeah. you know, sometimes if you don't take that correction, 
you can really lose something that you really love. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, and, I, and, and, and I praise him because you know, as hard as I was pressing, as mean as I was being, and the way I was doing, she wouldn't have took it very long. And I, right. and I wouldn't blame and, her. And rightfully yeah. so. Rightfully and so. I say this because my wife and I had a conversation in our kitchen this afternoon. Yeah. And she said, you know, when you're, when you're ready to talk about it, I'm here. When the easy thing would have been, I'm done. You know, I mean, it really would have been because... We can always do the easy thing. We can always turn away from him and go back to walking the way we were that was not working in anybody's life. But truly, is that is that the easy thing, though? It's not. It's an because, illusion. Yeah. Yeah, it's an illusion because, you know, just because, just because we think it's the easy way, it's really not the easy way because it's actually the hard way because yeah. of our stupidity. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, but I mean, let's face it: the easy path is not following God and His commandments and doing, living your life, yeah. trying to live your life like Christ. But at the same instance, it's not the you know for any kind of spiritual, you know, awakening life or anything like that. It's not the easy way to you know to turn, obviously. But the thing is, is that easy path leads you to nowhere. Yep. Constant chase for nothing. Yes, it, mm-hmm. it absolutely goes in nowhere. Well, even Christian complacency. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I try to tell the women that I'm working with that if you're not tested a little bit, if you're not a little bit uncomfortable, you're probably not growing in your faith at that moment. And I get it. Sometimes it feels good to coast. Esther Esther probably loved that five years of life in the palace when everything was going smoothly before she was called to do some big things. You know, she was like, I'm the wife. I got a nice room. I'm getting fed pretty nice. Like, I'm okay with this. But there comes a time when you're you're called to act again. And It was the calm before the storm. Absolutely. Um, maybe it was the rest that she needed mm-hmm. before her task, before she needed to step up and really give yeah. of herself. But, um, but I think that, yeah, complacency, even inside a Christian, a Christian home, or inside a Christian's heart is uh, probably not very healthy either. Well, it's, it, it can be because once you if, if you get once you get complacent, do you really grow? You do not. Yeah, you you're, do you're not. Just doing, no. I mean, you're just doing nothing. No. You know. And most times you're living your life more risk, more uh, with more risk. Yes. You know, is that in, in that complacency? Because then it's like, well, I can just I can tip my I can tip my toe over in this, and I'll, and I'll be okay because yeah. I can pull myself back up and and everything else. But that's where the that's where the lie that Carl was talking about comes in. You know, that's where complacent. When you're complacent, it 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 gives you it makes you think you've got the right to do that, mm-hmm. and it, it'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be just okay this one time, but it ends up being several times, mm-hmm. or it ends up being a thousand times, or it, it, it gets oh, yeah. so bad that it just you know, and and that and that's what I thank God for because He showed me the error of my way quickly before things really got bad before before the stupidity started you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i mean i can't uh, 
I can't apologize to her enough mm-hmm. for, for the mean stuff I was doing and the mean stuff I'd say. You know, I really, I, I don't understand why you would do it. I don't. That's the worst thing about it. You know, looking back, <clears throat> the things you do when you're like, it's like I wasn't even in control. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like looking back on it, it's like it's like I was just a, a passenger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Silent Ron? I have nothing. Nothing? No. Not do you, really. Do you really have nothing or you just don't want to get into it? I don't really know what to say. You know, it's about, y'all, we're talking about the love of God, right? Mm-hmm. I, nobody can love as much as God. You can try. Right. And I try. I always thought I knew what love was when I met my wife, my kids. But then when I went to God, I gave my life to God. It's a totally different love. And I try, I guess you can't, you can't measure up to that love. No. You can only try. Right. And that's pretty much what I try to do. I, I know I fall short because I can only give so much love. Do I give enough? Probably not. Do I try? Most definitely. But I don't really... I don't really care if I get the love, so to say, than to give. If that, I don't know. If that Your joy sense. comes from giving love. Not pretty much. And not receiving. I could care less if I get it. Because growing up, I'm not saying growing up I didn't have love because I know I'm sure I did. Right. But growing up, the love that you get is nowhere near compatible to the love of Christ. And I know that now. And I know that now. Mm -hmm. And to give, to try to give even a smidgen of his love to somebody else, I can't measure up to that. But yet, that's all I can do. And that's what I try to do. And I could care less if I get it in return. Just as long as if I can help somebody to Christ to find that love, to feel that love at all, then that's what I'm going to do. Regardless of whether it breaks me down, brings me down, because that's just where I feel right now I am at. So if I have to help somebody or like Tish said, sit with somebody or just listen. Mm -hmm. Or hold someone's child. And feel, feel, or feel their cracks, so to say. Yeah. If, If they're talking about something and... And it just doesn't fall through with, you know, God's plan or whatever. And I can just throw a smidgen in there just to kind of fill the crack for them, to bring them up to him. Then that's what love is to me, or his love. Can I say something? Because you say you don't measure up to his love, but you do. Well, Because, Ron, you... I've seen it a million times. A million times I've seen his love proceed out of you. Mm, bubble up and flow bubble, over. Absolutely. I, I mean, agree. Like yesterday at Kid Church, you walked in and that little girl clung to you 
And was you there the whole time? Yes, you was. You held that little girl the whole time you was there. Ron, I've seen you walk mm-hmm. up to people in my shop and the love that proceeds out of you to them or toward them. That's that's all God, man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all him. I agree. So how do you say you don't measure up to him because you do? Well, well I'm not trying to the say reason- I don't measure up to him. I'm just saying his my love level compared to... His love level, but you don't Can need I, your love level because mm-hmm. you got his love level. Can I say something too? Just because I, I think it's important to have a healthy perspective, right? Because the healthy perspective is he wants us to reciprocate the love he pours into us. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to understand that we're just to measure up to what he has up for us to do. Yes. When we when we try mm-hmm. to measure up to the infinite Almighty, we're chasing something we can never attain. I think it's important to understand that we're just seeking to measure up to what he has for us. To reciprocate the love that he gives to us mm-hmm. as much as our human capacity will allow. The minute we try to we 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 engage in that process of trying to measure up to the Almighty, we're gonna be chasing something that's gonna cause us discouragement because we can't attain that. Right. So it's just important to acknowledge that we're just here to measure up to what he gives for us to do individually. Mm-hmm. And he's very clear about what he expects in his word. Right. And you, like Bob said, you do a very good job of exemplifying that. Yeah. And I'm gonna say something real quick. Since this episode, we've been giving each other flowers. If Mike is one, he's one A at showing love and giving love, and you're one B out of this group. I agree. I, I have to add something because I do know your wife. And I think one of the things that is so Christ-like to me and that I love so much about you in particular, Ron, is that... Um, we talked about a friend I have a friend that has been going through loss and um, you yourself are going through loss but you're loving on someone who is going through loss as well and you're giving all of yourself to her in moments that she needs it and I know it because she shares it at Bible study she comes to the women and says I don't know how he can do this because I have nothing to give but he's filling me up. You're doing exactly what God called you to do as a husband, even though you're hurting in your own way. Even though you're hurting, you're giving like that. That I can't imagine anything that looks more like Jesus to me than that does right there. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to even witness and be a part of, and mm-hmm. I'm learning from it. And also, we're going to have to change your nickname. <laughs> because not because of what you share on the podcast like that, that it was always a offhand joke mm-hmm. because you were never really the silent one <laughs> but the joy in your voice when you came and talked to me at men's group about going to the bowling alley and spreading his word the person that always said, "Oh, I can't talk about Jesus because I don't know scripture <laughs> and whatever." <laughs> yeah, right. Like for yep. I don't. But that was you. You did that. Maybe you didn't quote ex- scripture to the T, or know the verses, or know the chapters, or even what book it was in. Mm-hmm. I don't. Don't matter. But the joy that was coming out of you about talking to those people about it lit up the room mm-hmm. 
I mean, what's what's the main thing you profess 99.9% of the time? Jesus. That's where it's at. Yep. That's how you reach people. I agree. You don't got to know. I mean, it's good to know the scripture. Don't get me wrong. But if you you know if you're professing Jesus and you know you know His love, which you do, I know the basic rules. <laughs> basic and those are some where it's at. Those are some pretty awesome basic rules to know. Yeah. I'm hey, just saying. Trust me, who lives through the kiss method, yeah. the keep it simple, stupid method. Mm-hmm. Yep, basics 100 percent accurate. <laughs> uh, like I said, I I know growing up I had love, but it was a totally different love, mm-hmm. and that's the totally different love now that I have with Christ my God I just try to give that love as best I can and you do you're doing a bang up job yep I hope absolutely put it this way Ron when I grow up I want to be like you (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing he's younger it's a good thing I'm younger (laughs) (laughs) all right Let's pull the needle off this record. I didn't hear anything from the narrator. What? I was pointing direction and commenting. Yeah, you fingers on Yeah. I wasn't pointing fingers. Uh, Okay, what about you, Bobby? Give us an an example, Ronnie. Yeah. Loving through trial. Love through trial? Yeah. I don't know. It's, It's hard to talk about me. I Always. It's hard to talk about me. Um, I can give you a love through a trial when I wasn't pursuing Christ like I am now. Because I can probably give you five examples in your life right now of love through a trial. Oh, yeah? Mm. Absolutely. Well, maybe your examples are better than mine. <laughs> um. Okay, I'll, I'll, I won't tell that one because that's not my whole story to tell. The one I was going to, one that popped into my head was um, a gentleman had issues with my wife and other church members and said some not nice things on social media. Shocker, right? Mm-hmm. And I was fairly new into my faith walk as well so i said some not nice things back (laughs) and another fellow christian person that was in um our church at the time sent me a text i was like bro really (laughs) like essentially Three weeks ago, you just rededicated your life to Jesus, and here we are. Like, you're throwing that out there for all of Facebook to see. Like, is that really what you got dunked in that really, really cold water was about? (laughs) Right? Like, you're Mm -hmm. not excluding anything. We like to freeze the Jesus. So, you know what my (laughs) my first reaction was? No. You're you're on my side. Like, this is... This isn't the answer. This isn't the text when I saw the bubbles come up that I thought I was going to get back. (laughs) And then 
So fast forward four years. I know he was right when he texted that. And also, he was right then. I knew he was right then. Mm. There was a smidgen of me that didn't want him to be right. (laughs) Because that's why I was super upset and mad about it. Mm -hmm. Also, the person that I had an issue with, that my wife had an issue with, which I probably had a bigger issue with. Because if you know my wife, like. She lets anything go. Anything, She's a lamb. Anything and everything go and non-confrontational and short, sweet, and quiet. Well, if you know me, that's not me at all. That's like the complete opposite. But the gentleman and I pretty much text every other day now because when he was going through a loss, I was there without question just to hold him just to be there to be love in his trial yeah I love it that was one of my five so I'm glad okay good (laughs) was it the top five yeah like were you were you ranking me (laughs) just no it was in the order in which I thought of them there was only one thing I had before that so you're in my top two okay Nailed it. <laughs> I know. You always feel like a relief after that. Yeah, you're like, like, I got it right with yeah. her. Okay. <laughs> she's a nurse by profession, but on the side, she's a hijacker. <laughs> and just for you listeners, Ronnie was sweating. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I got a hoodie on. It's like, uh-huh. yeah. Ronnie Whatever. needs to get Tisha questions, Whatever. even at dinner. Yeah. In case you don't know in listener land, we are nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Um, so now, can we pull the needle off the record and give final thoughts? Everybody done? You think? Yeah. Professor? Oh, yeah, I'm done. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Bob? No, I'm done. Well, let's give it. Give our final thoughts then. Encourager number one. Oh, Huh. It's a little harder. I know. I feel like Silent Ron. I mean, so many thoughts going through my head, but never underestimate God's ability and know-how of putting exactly what you need to hear on your heart mm-hmm. and seek it out. I think that was one of the biggest things that had got me to was um, we just, it also followed up with a a dangerous prayer. So that was some of the things I had put into that too was, Mm -hmm. you know, use me, you know, uh, have me question myself. And, you know, so I think that that's the way that, again, when you think that there's a, when you think there's something you don't need to work on, you do. Mm-hmm. Always. When you think you know the answers? Yeah, he changes the questions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Encourager number 1B. Well, this is something I, I found. It just, just says, Though we are incomplete, 
God loves us completely. Amen. Mm-hmm. Professor? I actually want to read the reference that kind of had my heart on this topic to begin with, or what really started, started me on it. And it's from Leviticus chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, and it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the sons of Israel that they bring to you clear oil from beaten olives for the light, to make a lamp burn continually. He's talking about the lamp, the eternal flame that burns in the temple or in the tabernacle. And almost everything, the more you study that, the more you see that everything in the temple and tabernacle had a spiritual connection to us. It's a metaphor. And that's a clear metaphor for us. I believe it's the, it's the crushing. If we're the olive, it's the crushing that produces the oil. Right? And it's the oil that gives us the fuel to burn the flame. And notice he says that it should burn continually. Not just light it in the morning, not just light it at night, not just light it when there's somebody that needs to hear or needs to see the light. Burn continually. That's the goal. I think the problem is that too often we try to water down the oil. Right? We, try to, we try to have a half-in, half-out faith. And when we water the oil down, it either doesn't burn efficiently or it doesn't burn at all. And we've got to, we've got to stop injecting ourselves into it. We've got to produce the oil that he instructs us to produce, that he's leading us to produce, so that we can burn that flame brightly to light up the whole room continually and not just light a flickering lamp. Mm. It's very important to surrender to that process of that crushing mm-hmm. to produce the good, pure oil to burn his light, his love, for those that need it, for those walking in darkness, continually. Mm. Bob, Tisa, go forward. Okay, Carl just got me all excited about Moses um, Mm -hmm. because Moses did a lot of uh, intercessionary uh, praying. He prayed on behalf of the people, and isn't that how we love through trial? Moses prayed even when other people weren't. He prayed to God for them. And there's other examples in the Bible, but he's just a great example of that. So I just, my final thought would be pray for people. That's the biggest thing that you can do to love through a trial. But also love right where you're planted. Um, I think sometimes we want to go help faraway places and do big, big things because we believe that's how we love through a trial. We go help in a hurricane. I love that people help in a hurricane. I'm a nurse. Of course, I want people to get help. But I also know there's people that are depressed or homeless or hungry or just hungry for the word right where we're at. God put us at this place for a reason. Mm-hmm. So pray for the people right around you and reach out to them. Look up. Look up and notice them. Mm. Brother Bob? Okay. I'm going to flip side this. Uh-oh. Because you guys, Carl and Tish, both were talking about loving others through their trials. What I've experienced the last six weeks is finding love through my own trials. I love that. Mm-hmm. And my final thought would be, if you're going through a trial, and you know you are, look for God's love in that trial. Because if you don't look for God's love in that trial, you're going going to end up hurting 
the things that you love the most. Hmm. More than yourself. More than yourself. Yes. So my thing is, is if you're going through a trial, just look for God's love and try to focus on that because if you don't, you may lose something that you don't want to lose. Mm-hmm. I love that. And be open to how he delivers it and to be, you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think mine, no matter what storm you're going through, whatever that looks like, it could be you got a speeding ticket, you're going through a loss, you haven't had a drink in two days, you haven't shot up in a week. I don't care. Whatever it looks like, relationship, doesn't matter. You're going through the storm. Just stay focused on him. Absolutely. You can't go left. You can't go right. You dang sure can't go backwards. So all there is to do is just look ahead and stay focused on him. It's kind of the eye of the storm kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Stay centered on him so that the stuff around you doesn't take you away. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Jesus is in the boat with you. That's sort right. Of vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Medium Mike, would you like to praise out? Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Lord our God, we come to you ever, ever so humbly, and we just thank you. We thank you for the people that you have surrounded us with. We thank you through all of the trials that you have loved us through. Lord, we pray to find that love from you in our trials and that love in ourselves in our trials. We pray to be there for each other. We pray to step up for each other. And we pray, Lord, like we always should, to be a hand up and not a hand down. To always look for the people in need, to seek them out, and to seek each other out in all that we do, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. And until next time. Welcome to Ministry. Catch you on the flip side.